Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Now, I just came back from a week at the NABCEP conference. NABCEP is an industry organization called the National Board of Certified Energy Practitioners. And this is a, a group of technical people who focus on proper contractor training, proper, proper installation techniques, training salespeople, marketing people, installation people to make sure that everything that's done in the solar industry is done to code properly, safely, and it's going to last a long time. So there was three days of solar installer educational seminars and courses that, uh, that I participated in. And we also exhibited there with Spice Solar. And one of the things that I focused on was the long-term sustainability of solar businesses. Now, a lot of companies come into solar because it's it's really a great thing to do. Some of them want to make a quick buck. Some of them, you know, lose a lot of money. But there's a lot of companies in the industry that have been in business for 10, 15, 20, 30. There's one even that I know of that's a good friend, 40 years doing the same thing, uh, solar thermal and solar electric systems. So it was great to participate and meet these new and old friends. And just thinking about what, solar companies have learned about translating that into what makes sense for homeowners when they're buying a system. So there's certain things that companies do that help them stay in business for a long time. And there's certain things that'll help a consumer when they select a system, when they find a contractor, when they pick some technology, when they size the system, that's going to help them be really happy with their system for 25 years. So the sustainability of a local or a, a regional or a national solar business goes hand in hand with long-term customer satisfaction. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. If homeowners are satisfied with their systems, if commercial customers are satisfied with their systems, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, that satisfaction translates into longevity for the contractor. Those contractors get great references and they get repeat business. And that's what works for my company and that's what's working for a lot of other companies, just making sure that you're doing the right thing for the customer so that not the day you turn the system on that they're happy, but five years later, 10 Ten years later, they're still happy with what you sold them a long time ago. Now, I hear a lot about consumer issues as a result of my work on SIA's Consumer Protection and SIA's Ethics Committee. SIA is the Solar Energy Industry Association, and there's committees that really help with making sure that contractors, installers in the industry are, are doing things that are really good for customers. And as, as a result of that work, my work at NABCEP, my work as doing solar installations for over 15 years, I've come up with a list of 10 tips for homeowners to keep in mind so that they get 25 years of trouble-free service from the rooftop solar system. So without further ado, here's a list of 10 things, and we're going to talk about each one of them in detail, that you as a consumer should think about as you select the system. Okay, number one, sign a contract with an installer who's been in business for a while. Now, I'm not going to say that they've got to be in business for 20 years or 10 years or five years, just somebody that's been in business for a while. And that company may have been related to a previous company, so that the new company might have been in business, say, for five years. The older company might have been in business for a long time. But find somebody that really knows how to run a sustainable solar business. Because the solar industry has a lot of ups and downs. We don't call it the solar coaster for nothing. Prices go up, prices go down, incentives come, incentives go, utilities turn on net metering, they they take away net metering. So things come and go. So you want to find a contractor that's figured out how to live through those ups and downs because they're going to maintain your system. These contractors are going to recommend tried and true equipment. They're usually not going to be putting in something that's, you know, absolutely bleeding edge new technology. These contractors are going to be providing service on your system for a while. 
They're going to have to repair an inverter after 10 or 15 years. They may have to help you with roofing issues that might come up 10 or 15 years down the road. You may want them to clean your panels. There may be rodents chewing the wires. So these are things that you want to look for in a contractor, the ones that are maintaining systems. Every single week at Cinnamon Solar, we get calls from people in our area seeking help on their system. Some of these systems are 15 or 20 years old. We didn't install them. The installers aren't around. Some of these are things that we put in 10 or 15 years ago, and we kind of help them out with it. So find a contractor that's been in business for a while. That's tip number one. Tip number two, be careful about selecting the lowest price you get from a contractor. They always encourage people to get you know, two or three quotes. Don't just get one quote. And here's a surprise to people who are thinking about getting solar. Solar panels are cheap. They used to cost $1,000 each. Now they're less than $200 each. That's how much contractors pay for the panels. So most of the cost for the system is in the design, engineering, installation, and all the overhead a contractor has to take care of. It's just like any other home improvement project. You want to build a deck in your backyard? Those 2 by 4s are really cheap, but it's still going to cost you $5,000 or $8,000 to put in a deck because you need a permit, you need engineering, you need footings, you need construction, that contractor needs trucks, people, insurance, etc. So it's not the equipment that's expensive now, it's the labor. And the lowest cost contractor is going to have to cut corners somewhere. So if the equipment is similar for all the contractors, the corners are going to be cut on labor. So these cheapest contractors are going to try and do the job in half a day. They might hire subcontractors just to bang it out. Other contractors who are doing your system, they may take two or three days to do the system. So it's going to be obvious which company, which contractor is going to do a better job, the one that does it in half a day? or the one that takes two or three days to really be careful and do it right. Some installers pay their employees on a per-panel install basis or a per-kilowatt basis. So the installers have every incentive to go fast, not an incentive to install the system carefully to minimize leaks and make sure the wiring is secure. Yeah, for example, if you're going to get your kitchen or bathroom remodeled, do you always pick the cheapest contractor? No, you want to find the one that really can provide good service. And and it's unlikely that these lowest-cost contractors are going to be in business for five years just because they're not making enough money to stay in business. Okay, next, battery storage. People are very interested in battery storage. I'm so excited about all the battery storage technology. The problem is that a lot of this battery storage technology is new, and some of it, not all of it, some of it, it's, it's not quite ready for the mass market. I think battery storage systems, battery backup systems, are still a specialty for people who want to experiment really want to be at the bleeding edge. You're not going to get a really great payback out of these things, but you know it's going to be cool. It's going to be handy. You're going to get immediate backup power if you work, and you can take advantage of some future electric rates, but the economics aren't going to be super there yet. So the best plan for people that we're working with, and what I would recommend, is put in solar now and upgrade to battery storage later. That means that you want to take, it, take advantage of equipment that's going to be upgradable to battery storage. Because future electric rates and incentives are going to make these upgrades very worthwhile. There's incentives for battery storage. The equipment costs are going to come down. It's going to make economic sense in a little while, but it doesn't make a lot of economic sense right now, especially since there's still a lot of fiddling and servicing and upgrades and and things that have to be changed in systems. So my advice is to wait a bit before jumping into battery storage, but put in a system, solar system now, that's upgradable to battery storage. Okay, next. Uh, Tip number four, there's almost no discernible technical differences among solar panels from major manufacturers. The two main differences in panels are price and efficiency, plus branding. Panels are sold on a dollar per watt basis. So the higher efficiency of the panels, the more they cost on a per watt basis. Also, better known brands typically sell for more. So there's no need to pay extra for the highest efficiency panels if you have a lot of roof space. If you have constrained roof space, 
get high efficiency. But if you have a lot of roof space, get a panel from a, a good big manufacturer, but you don't need the, the, the most efficient, highest cost, fanciest panel. Some people take comfort in good brands. That makes sense. That, that's, a, that's a good process. Those brands often will be around for a long time. But, you know, as far as saying this panel is better than that panel, take it for somebody that's been in the industry a long time, very little difference. Okay, item number five. Most customer service issues relate to monitoring and inverter failures. So the number one service call for an installer is the monitoring is down. The inverter is still working, just the monitoring is flaky because you can have, the homeowners can have a bad internet connection. They can have a bad connection to their optimizers or microinverters on the roof. They may have changed internet providers. They may have bought a new router that wasn't properly configured with the monitoring system. The customer might have moved an outlet or disconnected some equipment. So these things are a little flaky. The inverters themselves, they last 10 to 20 years. I'm very comfortable with almost all the inverters on the market. And when they fail, they use Usually need to be replaced. And so what you need to do with inverters is just make sure you keep an eye on your display. The solar panels almost never, ever fail. Maybe tiny little fluctuations in output, but they're, they're really, really solid. And properly installed systems from good contractors that, care, that take care of the roof, they're going to work. So talk to your installer about their equipment choices so that you can make sure that they're minimizing these issues. So let's uh, go through my tips number six through ten for long-term satisfaction with the rooftop solar system. Okay. Number six, if you have squirrels, rats, or pigeons that are on your roof, living on your roof, kind of crawling around your ceiling, you have to be careful about putting in a solar system. And I'll tell you why. Because squirrels and rats like to gnaw on the wires that connect the solar panels together. They like to build nests underneath the panels. They kind of crawl underneath an area that might be two or three inches high, and, you know, they're going to build a nice warm nest down there. And along the way, they're going to gnaw the wires, and eventually they're going to short out the system or disconnect the system, and you're going to have to fix it. Now, pigeons, I've never really seen a problem with pigeons, even though they're kind of, like, noisy and messy. And I have seen situations where pigeons like to nest underneath panels, but only on barrel-tile roofs. I've never seen pigeons on composition shingle roofs or flat-tile roofs, but people with barrel-tile roofs sometimes have a pigeon issue because you've got those little peaks and valleys in the shingles and in those tiles and pigeons just like to go under there and nest and you're raising a crop of pigeons and you know i don't know the pigeon eggs aren't very tasty so you want to keep those pests away from your system off your roof now to keep the best thing for squirrels and rats is to keep them from getting on the roof to begin with and the way that the squirrels and rats always get on the roof is there's usually a tree or a branch that's hanging over the roof. They climb up the tree, they jump off the, gone onto the branch, they jump off the branch onto the roof, and it's kind of like a shortcut highway there. So easiest thing to do is prune the trees and the branches that lean against your house. So, you know, if the branches are, are more than three feet away from the roof, they're not going to be able to make that jump all the time very easily, and they're not going to live up there. But if you can't prune the trees, I mean, let's say you have a tree that's like, you know, one foot away from the side of the house, what you're going to need to do is install screening between the panels and the roof. And this is also what you're going to need to do on a barrel tile roof if you have pigeons. So usually we find out about this because a customer says, gee, I have a problem with pigeons on my roof, they have a tile roof, or they may say my system stopped working, and then we go out there and we find out there's a squirrel's nest or a rat's nest underneath, and then we have to kind of fix it. It's usually, it's, it's not really cheap, maybe $1,000 or so to put screening around the perimeter of the array, but the best thing to do is just make sure that there's no ability for these pests to get on your roof to begin with. So if it does happen, an installer will come by and they'll be able to clean the, the nest out from underneath the panels, 
fix any broken wires, and then, you know, obviously the problem's going to come back unless you remove that shortcut tree that's leaning against the house or put a screen all around the perimeter of the array so they really can't get underneath. Okay, tip number seven. On composition shingle roofs, make sure all the roof mounts have proper flashings. This one's really easy. It's something that every installer should be doing, and it's, it's really easy to avoid this problem if you use the right installation techniques. Now, 15 years ago, the recommended solar mounting practices was just to put an L-foot on the roof, put some sealant underneath the L-foot, and then lag that L-foot right into the roof. And that worked out pretty well. I've never seen leaks on L-feet if the L-feet were properly secured to the underlying rafter. But what happens is sometimes that lag bolt misses the rafter, and then over time that L-foot, which is attached to the array, will bounce up and down, and you're going to get a hole where that lag bolt goes, and then water's going to leak in there. So you can't really see where these rafters are, and it's hard to do. So the best practice is to make sure that your installer uses the right kind of roof flashing for the attachments to the roof. And these are flashings are metal, sheets of metal, uh, usually aluminum because it doesn't corrode, and they tuck up underneath the shingles above, and then the penetration goes through the roof mount, through the shingle, but there's no easy way for water to get in there. Even if the lag bolt is improperly installed, it's not going to leak. And I've never seen a roof leak on a system that had properly installed flashing. So this is a really easy way to make sure that you're going to get a good installation. Okay, number eight. And here's kind of an interesting one, and, and, and uh, people, people don't really do the math on this, but heavy rain does a good job of cleaning your solar panels. And this is something that we in California have just learned after six years of a drought. The heavy rains we've had have done a really good job of cleaning off the debris on the panels. The panels are almost always sloped. I mean, obviously, if you have panels that are completely flat, it's not going to work, but rooftops are usually sloped at a 12 to 20 to, to 30 degree angle. Rain comes down. As long as it's heavy, it's going to wash all that debris down. But it, in the middle of the summer or in areas where you have droughts or if you're in like a really dirty, dusty area, you may get some soil soiling on the panels. They may get very dusty. And that that dirt is going to impede the sunlight hitting the array and you're going to lose some output. So you may want to get those panels cleaned. Now, Now, we'll talk about how to clean it. The best way to clean it is carefully, carefully for you to make sure that you don't get hurt, carefully with a brush and a squeegee, always using a soap solution. And make sure, obviously, if you're going to do this yourself, you follow safe ladder and roof practices or Get them professionally cleaned by an installer. And that installer is usually going to have the the proper ladders, the proper uh, roof harnesses and tie-downs. We at Cinnamon Solar always install permanent roof anchors on the top of the roof so that we can tie ourselves in if we need to do maintenance. Your installer is going to do that cleaning. Always use a soap solution. Never hose off the panels. It's the the worst thing you can do. And I, I actually was reading something this week about a module manufacturer that's recommending just hosing the panels off. Big mistake because there's minerals in the water. And we've seen situations where you hose the panels off, you get the water drying on the panels, and then you get this mineral film on the glass that does not come off. It's impossible to remove. It actually ruins the panels. So never hose them off. Make sure that you always clean it with a soap solution, and that's going to prevent that mineral buildup. Now, most installers are going to charge $150 to $250 to do the cleaning because they've got to send out a two-man crew and a truck, and they have to be properly trained. You know, these are professionals. They're also going to check the wiring and the inverter when they're there. So if your system hasn't been cleaned in a long time, if your output is down, then you probably want to have a professional crew to come out. Now, the thing is, that if you have a big system and it's 10% dirty, just throw in the number 10%, 
you may really save more than $200 by getting it clean. So the, the payback on the cleaning is going to be pretty fast. But if you have a really small system that's not generating that much electricity because you don't have a very big bill, then spending 200 or $250 to clean the panels might not work out. So I think it's a good idea just to kind of consider some of these economics when you're thinking about getting your system cleaned. If you have a small system... I don't think it makes a lot of sense, especially if it rains a few times a year, to get it cleaned regularly. If you have a big system, you probably do want to get it cleaned because you're going to save some money in the summer when the system gets dirty and dusty, and especially if it's not raining. Okay, now let's talk about what else can go wrong with your solar system. I mean, the panels are solid. We talk about the the equipment is, is just going to last. So some of the other things that I've seen that could go wrong and that you want to watch out for when you're doing the installation to make your installers doing the, doing it the right way is to make sure that the wiring of the system is done properly. Now, it's hard to see that the wiring inside the conduit, inside the, the, the metal raceways that, the, that, that are attached from the roof down to your inverter, it's hard to see if that's done the right way. But the building inspector usually should do that. But one thing that you can do is you know, check up underneath the, the array, and sometimes you can see this from the ground, you shouldn't see wires drooping down onto the roof. Maybe you see a little bit of hanging wires, and those are going to be clipped securely to the solar panels or the, the racking underneath. But if you see wires lying on the roof, those wires are going to rub up against the roof surface. It's like a composition shingle. It's kind of like sandpaper. Those wires are eventually going to abrade and break. And those hanging wires are also going to be appealing to squirrels and rats that might get on your roof. So you're going to eventually have a problem. So... Make sure there's no hanging wires, and this is something you can check with your installer. And this is something inspectors should check, but they don't always. And the best way to make sure that over time wires don't break loose is install the wires with stainless steel wire clips. A lot of times people use plastic zip ties. These are black plastic UV-resistant zip ties, and this is what we used to use. But we found that after five or ten years, these, these plastic zip ties would, would become brittle and they would break. So check the wires. I mentioned a little bit about inverters. Your inverters are going to last for 10 to 20 years, and you can get an extended warranty from you know up to 20 to 25 years, and that's kind of helpful. But it's easy to check your inverter, and it's easy for the installer to replace that inverter. And, you know, the costs aren't going to be that, that big. So just keep an eye on the, the light on the inverter. So the last tip is it's your solar system. So it's, your, it's incumbent on you to keep an eye on the performance of that system. And this applies whether you have a lease or a PPA or if you own the system. Because if your system's not putting in a lot of energy, and if you have a PPA, you're not going to get reimbursed a lot. If your system's not putting out a lot of energy and saving you a lot of money, your lease payments could actually be bigger than your savings on your electric bill. And obviously, if you've purchased that system, you want to get the maximum savings. So two things to check for. One, watch for spikes in your utility bill. So if suddenly one month your electric bill is really high, Check your inverter, check your system, You check to, check to make sure that the green light is on the, on the inverter, or check the display on the inverter to make sure that it's actually generating kilowatts or watts during the day on a sunny day. Do this on a weekend, and make sure that the kilowatt hour record, it's kind of like an odometer on your car, but the kilowatt hours keep going up. Now, keep in mind on these spikes on bill, once a year, you're going to usually have a spike because they do this thing called an annual true-up. So one bill is going to be higher, but generally it's up to you to keep an eye on on your utility bill and keep an eye on that inverter and don't hesitate to contact your installer if the inverter is not working properly. If they're monitoring it, they can check it or they can come out and uh, do a service call or you can they can just talk you through the phone to see what, what the issue is. Okay, to wrap up, 
A properly designed and installed system is going to last you for 25 years or more. Minimal maintenance is required. Most of our customers don't even have to wash the panels. So to make sure you're going to get a good system, find an installer that you trust that has good local references and ask your installer about the kind of maintenance they provide on their systems. <laughs> I've found that the installers that talk about their maintenance services, they're the ones that have been in business for a long time, and they've kind of figured out this trick. All right, well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today, and if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. 